This is Paul Pesquisolido, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Focus podcast. My name is Matt Boisclair and I hope you had a fantastic weekend after the Whites were back to winning ways on Friday night. Joe Bryan did what he's been threatening to do all season and scored his first league goal for the club, whilst Tom Kearney scored a carbon copy of the goal he scored against Blackburn as the Whites comfortably took all three points against Wigan Athletic. Meanwhile, one of our own, Jay Mack, got married. Very many congratulations to you, mate. A review of the game and a preview of Tuesday's trip to Reading is coming up. I've got my beagle and my French bulldog with me as always, and they'll be snoring their way through the next hour or so. Also joining me, firstly, is the editor of the Fulham Focus podcast, the man responsible for making sure you never hear any evidence that my canine best friends are always part of the show recording too. He's all you need, he's all around, and he's something desperately missing in my life at the moment. What more in the name of love is Don Love. How are you doing, Don? I'm doing great, thank you. Good man, good man. I'm an experienced web and content editor currently helping keep the local government website sharp and online. Claims his LinkedIn page. He's online tonight, but I'll let you be the judge of how sharp he is. In fact, many believe he can be a bit blunt, or it's something like that anyway. It's Matt Dom. Hello, mate. Hello, mate. I'm good. I should probably change that then, shouldn't I, really? Yeah, probably for the best, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, let's look back at the Wigan game. Fulham. So... Stefan Johansson was back in the side in place of Bobby Reid. If Reid was to miss out, personally, I thought it would be for Harry Arter, who was available for selection. Was Steph's return to the side a surprise to you? And how do you think he did, Don? Yeah, no, I, I was pleased to see Steph back. Um, you know, I've I've kind of keep changing my mind on Harry Arter. I thought I wasn't originally that happy about him turning up at the club but then he his early few games changed my mind and then he's he's now become the kind of Harry Harry Arter I was expecting um so I'm happy for him to sit out for a while and I think I think in our run of where we should have won and kept getting pegged back in games I think we missed Steph Johansson in the middle to be honest um I think with the three that that started um Tom Kearney Steph and um and Reed, I think that's the right combination of uh, attacking creative players. Uh, we've got a good, strong runner in in the defensive third, um, and then Johansson kind of linking the two up. So I, I think I think he's really important to the way we play, uh, and I was really happy to, for him to come back in, and I think he played well. Yeah, good stuff. I'm I'm a little bit on the fence here because I think that. Harry Arter was one of our best players, if not our best player in the first two or three games of the season. He made that stupid mistake against Cardiff um, and, and now he's lost his place after suspension because Harrison Reed, who's an excellent, um, well, I was going to say excellent deputy, but he's not even a deputy. He's an excellent defensive midfield player, uh, has come in and just made the position his own at the moment. Um, what do you think, uh, Dom? What's, what is our best combination in the middle of the park at the moment? I'm still kind of torn on it. I'm not real positive. I mean, at the moment, I guess I would keep uh, Harry on the bench, and and I'd you know bring uh, Reed back in and just let him stay. He, he proved himself very successful along Steph Joe, which I was extremely happy to see back in. Uh, 
if you recall, you know, some of the chances that came up, Steph Joe was in the beginning of those as far as producing and creating uh, the, the, the combinations that led to different things. So I'm completely happy that Steph Joe's back in and I, and I just, I keep him in the side until he proves otherwise for now. Uh, he gives a hundred percent, you know, when he leaves the field, he looks completely spent and burnt out. So I, I love that about him. Um, midfield combination, you know, I guess we'll get on to Tom later about, you know, where, where he's playing and how he should be playing, but I'd leave it as is for the next game. I think same starting 11. Well, we've spoken a lot on this show about how we think Bobby Reed is out of position in midfield and he's played the last couple of games um, in midfield and he was back on the bench this week. Does Scott Parker listen to the show, I wonder? Hi, Scott, if you're listening. Uh, do you think that's it for Bobby Reed in the middle, Don? Do you think that was an experiment that hasn't worked or where, where, do, you, where do you see Bobby Reed going from here? You know, Bobby Reed to me is a very creative player and he's got some good speed to him. So him and Tom are just like for like in my mind. Um, I could see them playing if we're really aggressive and attacking together. But otherwise, I hate to say it, I think he starts on the bench uh, for me. And we want to make sure that we've got somebody sitting back more like a Steph Joe or Harry uh, uh or, or Reed even, we need somebody that's sitting back there to allow Steph Joe and Carney or Steph Joe and Bobby Reed to be creating. The other thing I'd like to see, though, if, if Bobby Reed's on, and I'd like to see this actually more with Tom, too, is push them up to a true number 10 that play more like in a 4-4-2 off of uh, Metro. I, I feel like Metro is just so isolated right now. He's just not getting it in and getting it done for us. So Bobby Reed, I could see him as totally being that number 10 that helps supply him. It's kind of like, and I'll talk about this later on in a, in, in our uh, Reading stuff, but it's kind of like we used to have when Moose and Dembele II was here and he was playing with, uh, uh, what, what's his name? I closed the gate. Smith? I can't come. You, no, no, no. Uh, Matt Smith? Matt. No, no, no. Not, forget Matt Smith. It's, uh, what's his name? Who closed the gate? McCormack. couldn't get Cormac. Cormac. You know, when you had Dembele and Cormac playing there and they were on top of their game, it was beautiful. I'd like to see that again with a partnership up top. All right. Um, you, you mentioned Tom Kearney there. And one of our best chances in the first half came when Tom Kearney picked out Anthony, Anthony Knockhart. But David Marshall did well to keep him out. Um, Matt, it was nice to see Tom Kearney being a bit more creative from midfield this time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean... I'm not going to get carried away and say that's one of his better performances for us, but it was it was definitely you know classic Tom Kearney. He ran the show. Um, it was interesting what um, Scott Parker said after the game, how um, Kearney seems to have added that kind of defensive grit, and that's he's he's been asking for that because Tom Kearney did make an absolutely brilliant block in our own box towards the end of the game. I think I think just before we wrapped it up actually, um, but interesting that that's that's not really what I'm looking for from from Tom Kearney. I don't care if I don't want all of our midfielders to be back in our box defending because, you know, then we start looking like a Claudio Ranieri team. Um, but he was, and I think back on the the, the, the comment about Bobby Reed earlier, I think Reed not being in that side helped Tom Kenny a bit because there was a, an obvious number 10 and we he had two players behind him in midfield working hard and he had he had the, the space to kind of pull the strings, if you like. Um, I don't think Bobby Reed fits in that midfield three um we're, we're way too unbalanced um 
I think also that his best position would be up front with Mitrovic, but I see him more as the kind of the guy getting on the end of it, the, the fast one running on to chances and finishing because, you know, let's not forget he got 21 goals for Bristol City um, a couple of seasons ago. And I, he just doesn't, I feel for him a bit because he doesn't fit into our team um, because I think that 11 that we played, we started against Wigan should be the, the regular team unless, you know, injuries and suspensions get involved. But Tom Kenny as the lone creator, I think works. That, that's his best position. And, he, you know, he proved it that, He's probably the best in the league in that position. You you know, I love what you just said, Dom, and I agree completely. I can't help but wonder one thing. You say he he just doesn't fit in the team, but what if we kind of change things up and we did an actual like 4-4-2 and we have uh, Bobby Reed playing off of Metro, you know, back and forth. We drop uh, Tom back into the center and we drop somebody like, you know, Ivan, uh, uh, what's his name, you know, instead, yeah, you know, and let Tom maybe kind of play more central, a little bit deeper, because he does pick out, Tom does pick out these, oh my God, passes, you know, out of the back midfield that really do some great stuff. And you leave Steph Joe in there, you know, to help kind of clean things up. I could see that. I could kind of see that. Yeah, I think think my problem with that is, I don't think we're in a situation where we need to start messing around with the formation. I mean, we're not, obviously we're 10th, we're not at the top of the league, but we're only four points off. We, we're we playing well. We, we just, we haven't quite got into that, you know, second, third gear yet. And I think that will come. And I, I, I'm reluctant to go change into a 4-4-2 because I don't think we need to mix it up that much. Uh, and also, Tom Kearney in the middle of of a four four two, I don't think is his best position. So we won't we won't then get to see the best of him. Um, you know, uh, Tom Kearney's our probably our best most important player. We need to play him in his best his best position. So I want to see us stick stick with um, the way we played against Wigan for a while longer. I think the very fact that we're talking about changing the formation, we're we're talking about t- changing the formation to suit the players that we bought. And we bought these we bought these bloody players that potentially we didn't really need. Um, and now we're thinking, how can we squeeze them all into the team at once? We don't necessarily need to. We need to make sure we pick the most effective eleven. And if that means Bobby Reed doesn't get to play, well, that's annoying because I, I think he he should be starting. But we're in a position where you know we're we're desperately trying to um, find a place for all these players, but we are still picking up points. So. Um, it's, it's it's not the end of the world, and we're we're in a reasonably good position. We're four points off the off the top of the league for goodness' sake. This time next week, you know, we, we might be top with a couple of wins. So we'll see. Yeah, what, one other thing I was going to bring up was um, Anthony Knockhart. We've we've criticised him for being selfish lately. But he put a superb ball into the six yard box for Mitro, who who did miss. He put it over the bar, but that sort of service, rather than taking on the world himself, is much more encouraging, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Knockart is, I think we've got two kind of very different wingers in Cavallero and Knockart. Cavallero sort of, if things aren't going his way, he tends to shy away from the ball a bit, whereas Anthony Knockart goes the other way and tries to do everything himself. And I think I prefer prefer it to be that way around because at least you're then you're getting shots away and one of them might go in with Knockart. But as you said, he's he's a creative player as well, and I think at times in that second half he was 
twisting and turning and the defender didn't know which which way he's going and that's that's when he's at his best um and you know on another day he could have had a goal and he could have had an assist as he said with that one that Mitro put over the bar um and I I'm I'm liking what I see from him lately um I'm I like the fact that he he keeps trying and he doesn't he wants the ball more and more when it's it's not going our way um because that's that's the sort of player that can can drag you out of a bad run of form um not that we're in a bad run of form but 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 yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, we're not in a bad run of form yet, but you know, you never know what's around the corner. Don, what did you think of Anthony Knocker? I know you're quite keen to see the ball go more direct through the middle, aren't you? I am. I, I'd like to. I don't want Scott to change his philosophy. Okay, I, I do believe in a possession-based game, but at the same time, I want it changed up some. So for me, I want Ivan and I want Knockhart to be going at the goal and taking their chances. And if they can cut to the inside rather than constantly going wide and and getting shots off, I'd love to see that more, especially like when uh, Harry Reid took that shot off in the middle. You know, it it wasn't the best strongest shot and the goalie saved it, but it was different. And that's what I think we've got to do right now is we've got to change things up. We can't just be constantly going wide, putting balls in the middle and hoping Metro is going to get on the end of it. Okay. I want to change things up. And if that means actually, some people are going to hate me saying this, but I don't care. If that means every now and then we do a long ball and we go route one, change it up. Don't be predictable and just keep going down the side. So I have no problem with Ivan and Knockhart taking the ball on and doing their thing and, and trying as best they can. But at the same time, I want their heads up and I want them looking for people making the runs down the middle. You know, let's, let's do a, a ball knocked back and uh, to the to the spot instead for Tom or for Metro or Steph Joe, whoever's you know trailing behind there. So change things up, please. That's all I ask. Well, we've been screaming out for a plan B ever since um, ever since Slav left, haven't we? Or, well, I mean, ever since the season we went up almost, it was very much, you know, keep ball, Slav ball. Uh, but... You know, like you say, it would be nice just to just have another um, another plan, just in case teams do start to become wise to us and we can mix it up. Okay, let's let's move on then. So right after half time, Joe Bryan scored his first league goal for Fulham. Matt, talk us through it. Um, well, I mean, bit of luck <laughs> in that his uh, his initial shot hit a wall of players and could have gone anywhere. Uh, Went straight back to him and he hit it harder, as he as he said in his uh, post match interview. Just keep hitting it until it goes in. Um, turns out he's got quite a nice right foot and into the corner it went. Uh, lovely goal, lovely knee slide. Delighted for him. Um, I think he's really coming on leaps and bounds this season, uh, becoming one of our most important attacking players. Uh, yeah, and it was lovely to see and a really really good time to score as well because we'd spent the first half camped in their half not. Creating a few chances, not really, really taking control of the game in in terms of shots on goal. Um, so I think that that goal kind of opened it up a bit and it let us um, play a bit more football in the second half and get in behind them a bit more. Yeah, I, I think Joe Bryan has been getting forward and he's been threatening to score for, for quite some time now. So it's nice to see him get off the mark. What did you make of it, Don? Well, the thing that, you know, really started all that off was for the hundredth time one of our guys it was tom in this case got tackled like really really silly stupid harsh tackles and you know for once the ref finally gave a a a card you know in that first half i lost track of how many times they came in with harsh tackles you know and and 
should have received cards. I was surprised. What's his name, especially? Um, but at, at any rate, the whole reason that goal came to be was because Tom got you know slashed from behind or you know from the side. Get, goes down for the hundredth time. The ref finally gives uh, us a, a free kick just outside the box. Knockhart, you know, he had an excellent delivery there, knocking it towards the back right post. Opposite player heads it down, and instead of out, he heads it right down to Joe Bryan. Joe Bryan takes it first touch and slams it in. It gets knocked back out, and he hits it again, and it's a beautiful goal. So I want to see more of that. If we could get balls creating chances like that and we're attacking, I would really start feeling a lot better about how we're playing at the moment. I mean, we're not playing shitty, but I think we could do be still be playing a lot better. Well, yeah, we, we could be playing a lot better. So I think we did the bare minimum that we had to do on uh, on Friday night. We we had um, uh, sorry, uh, edit that bit out. We had sixty percent possession again this week, so a lot of possession. Twenty one shots this time, which is a far better return than than we have been having. Only six of them on target. But word on Wigan, they were dreadful, weren't they, Matt? I, I thought they were probably the worst team we faced all season. They just offered absolutely nothing. And we barely had to get out of first gear to beat them. And it was just a matter of time before we did score uh, score that goal that we just talked about. Um, the only thing was that it took so long to get the second one. And all the all the while, you're only 1-0 up. The way we've been recently, you could, you could see a smash and grab equaliser coming. But what did you make of Wigan? Yeah, I agree. They they were pretty poor, and as you say, in that second half, they even so they came close a couple of times. Um, some shots from kind of around the edge of the box. I think one of them just just went over. Uh, Bets might have had it covered, but um, yeah, heart in the mouth moment because it, it was one of those games where you could see them smash snatching a point and it really wouldn't have been deserved. But I I don't like um, their manager. What's his name? Was it is it Cook? Um, I can't remember what his name is now. But yeah, Paul Paul Cook. Paul Cook, yeah, he was very much from the Neil Warnock school, from what I could see. And he was he was in the referee's ear the whole game, you know, shouting and and trying to get uh, our players booked and trying to get them just that that little advantage that um, you know Colin is is so good at uh, that you. But at the same time, you really hate to see it. Um, so they they were a bit a bit cynical in that way. Um, but it, it was good to see us sticking to our game and eventually, you know, getting the second goal. But Bit concerning that you know, my my main concern. I'm delighted with the points. Obviously, and we deserved it. I'm a bit worried. We're not creating. We're not scoring from really good chances. We scored a lot of good goals this year. Um, but sometimes you just want to see, you know, a ball cut back and a, a tapping from six yards from your from your striker. Um, you know, the Joe Bryan one, as we've we've we've, we've discussed, it was a nice finish, but it was a bit lucky that it came back to him, and it was sort of not not a real chance. Tom Kearney, I suppose you can say at any time within 25 yards, it is a chance for him. But again, it was a you know top bin from outside the box. Um, I, I don't know, is anyone else a bit concerned that we're not really creating four or five excellent chances in, in games and we're still a little bit relying on, on you know shots from outside the box and deflections and things like that? I think that, that is the concern, that we're not ripping teams to pieces at the moment. But... We're not losing many games and we've just come off the back of a win. We should have won the previous two games as well. We should have beaten Sheffield Wednesday, but for a last-minute goal, we should have seen the game out against West Brom, who are now top of the league, by the way. Um, so I don't think we're that far off being a really good side. And I'm, 
I feel like it's all going to come together. But then I kept saying that last season as well, and, and it never did. And we ended up just getting worse and worse. But we've, we're in a much better position now than we were, obviously, this time last year. Um, with the, with some really tough Premier League teams to to come up against, so I think we'll be fine, and I, I I think we'll 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 go on a little run now. We've got a big week this week, Reading away, uh, and then Charlton at home. Charlton is just above us in the playoff zone at the moment as well. And before you know it, you know we it's like I said, this time next week we might be top of the league, or we we might have dropped down to mid table. But all the while we're within touching distance of the playoffs at least, and. It's so tight, four points separating the top 10 um, from 10 to, to first. Then I don't think there's a, a great deal to worry about. Don, do you want to come in on this? I'll add two things real quick that are bugging me. And I really, uh, if I was Scott, I, I, I'd be really pushing for this. One is we're not getting instant pressure on the ball uh, too many times when I'm watching the game. I just see midfield players, they're five yards away from the guy with the ball and they're just standing there waiting to see what he's going to do. I, I want to see these guys instant pressure so that they're not allowed to have time and space to create chances. So I still, and if you listen to the pod, this is something I've harped on for years. I still want to see instant pressure on the ball in the midfield. Uh, don't even let it get back into our third if possible. The other thing I really want to see from the midfield is just creating more chances instead of us and this goes to you know changing up things again instead of us knocking the ball sideways 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 back sideways backs you know blah 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 how about when i receive the ball i dip my shoulder and i take a player on you know and, and go down the middle or, or try and work something out i don't see a lot of that anymore it's more of take your time take your time pass it around find the open space you know and we'll go from there i miss those guys who aren't afraid to go one v one more and I wish we'd start seeing that. So uh, uh, that's the only thing I'm going to throw out there is I really would like to see a change up in our play as far as not just constantly going wide and people actually taking people on would be a nice thing to me. I think I think Knockout is that player you've just described, the one who takes takes people on, um, more so than any other winger we've had recently since, probably I would say since Aluko. Um, he doesn't have the pace of Aluko, but... Um, it's it's hard i mean i get what you're saying i think sometimes it might, might it might be good to go a bit more direct or take you know take teams by surprise and get in behind and all that kind of thing but um but it's hard to question that you know being four points behind and we're all well aware that there's there's much more to come from this team it's hard to it's hard to justify wanting to change it i think is that's kind of my main my main point I, d I don't think we need to change anything right now because we're picking up points and we're we're in touch and if it all starts to click which I think it will then we're going to start really blowing teams out of the water I think so again I'm not looking let's not change the the basic philosophy that Scott is trying to instill in the team which is basically you know uh, what we had under Slav is possession-based wait for your chances, wear them down, you know, blah, blah, blah. What I'm saying is I don't want to change the base of the philosophy. I'd like to build on it and make things more unpredictable. Right now, I think we're just too predictable. We constantly go down the wings. What I want to see more of is every now and then, you know, take your chance and, and catch them off guard, you know, take a player 1v1 or 
put a bald root one down the middle and see, you know, if they're, how awake they are. Uh, take your chances, midfielders on the on, from you know just outside the box in the midfield. Take your shots. You know, something spills. That used to be Mitro's gold. You know, was cleaning up things. Him and Sess. Uh, uh, so, I say just change it up slightly. Don't always be the same thing over and over and over. All right, guys, let, let's move on. Um, we just want to get through the rest of the second half of, of the Wigan game. So Mitro um, narrowly missed a chance to make it 2-0 with a header from a Tom Kearney cross. Um, then Cavalero went off and was replaced by Bobby Reed. We've already spoken about Bobby Reed a little bit as a midfielder, but I thought it was good to see him come on in a more forward role. How do you think he did, Matt, in, in, a, in a more forward role in the team? Yeah, I thought, I thought it looked all right. I mean, he's... Uh... He's a different option. He's a he's a very different player to Cavalero. Um, he, he's looking for space all the time, and um, you know he, I think he plays a bit more a bit more centrally, so it gives it gives Joe Bryan more more chance to attack on the overlap. Um, I'm not convinced that's going to be his that's his best position. You know we we've covered it before. I think he's a we all agree that we think he's a kind of second striker type player. Um, so, but he's a good option to come off the bench. I, I think he should be replacing Mitro personally at times. Um, we can't expect Mitro to play a full championship season, 90 minutes every game. Um, but um, I, I like him a lot and I, I, I just kind of wish that we we could fit him in. But, but that comes back said, to the whole mixing it up thing, doesn't it? Because yeah, if you were to take yeah. Mitro off and bring on Bobby Reed, that would completely change the dynamics of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as we've said, you know, Mitro is a very back to the goal kind of player. He's 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 good. He's got a good touch, um, but with the, with our wingers playing so wide that quite quite a lot of the time he's isolated. But um, with those with those wingers so wide, it probably has leave space in the middle for a player like Bobby Reed to run onto it. So I would like to see that uh, certainly if we if we need a goal. Um, but um, yeah, it's just a shame he doesn't quite fit into into the current system. I don't think it is frustrating. But when we were looking for a goal, eventually one did come. Uh, ten minutes or so before the end, just when you you started to think, "Oh, hello, are we are we going to concede another late goal here?" Knock up broke down the right, pulled the ball back for Kearney, and the captain pinged in his second goal in two games. Cracking goal! And um, Don, how many how many goals do you think that the captain will score this season if he carries on like this? Oh man, if he hits his stride, why not 13, 14, you know, easily. Uh, And this goes back to if Tom hits his stride and if Tom was played like a true number 10 to where he plays off of uh, Metro. uh, And I'll give you a good example of where we needed Tom or we needed Bobby Reed. There's a chance there in the 60 something minute where Mitchell nicked a goal, or I mean, uh, nicked a pass. He he intercepted a pass. He read it well, and he was off on his own pretty much. He, I think he had one player to, to beat or something in the goalie. If he'd have had a second player there, Tom, you know, or, or Bobby Reed, an easy layoff, we've got another goal, you know. So this is why I really wish we had somebody playing more with Mitro and not him so isolated. Uh, but Tom's goal absolute beauty hopefully we're going to see more and more of that this year yeah absolutely agree with you okay uh just after that uh joshua onama came on for anthony knockout and the game ended comfortably comfortably for us in the end 
I thought the substitutions were okay this week. I, I, I can't really criticise Scott Parker. So, so let's come on to the Scott Parker racing. Matt, what, what are you going to give Scott out, out of 10 this week? I, I think it's an eight. Um, far from perfect. I'd like to have seen, as we've said, a, a lot more clear-cut chances. But um, we we were never really in trouble. Um, there was always that risk of a goal against a run of play as it is when you're when you're one nil up and as we've seen recently but um yeah stick stick to what's working um and you know as he says trust in trust in the system and I think with the players we've got it will really start to come good so I've got no faults for for the way he he set us up uh and you know the way we we saw it out in the end yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, and the only reason is I, I I don't mind the system. I don't mind the football we played. Danny came on last week and said the football's rubbish. What's missing from this system is the tempo. And we're just not quick enough. Um, we're, we're very, like, let's, let's just nice and laid back, tap, tap, tap. But what about if we went tap, tap, bang, through ball, go. Everybody like playing together, running around, following that ball. I really feel like that's what's missing. And if we had that element to, to the team, then we'd be really putting teams to the sword. So it's a seven out of 10 for me. What about you, Dom? I'm on the fence. I'll probably do like, say, a 7.5. I'm going to split you guys down the middle just because um, I, I agree with Matt. I like the way he set it up. I like a lot of the ball uh, style. We're playing a lot of the the uh, play is really nice. But I also agree with you there, uh, Frenchie, that, the tempo has got to be upped. And when players are off the ball, they've got to have better movement, in my mind, more movement. Too many times I saw, like, uh, Stephen doing pirouettes like an old Scotty Parker because he had no options to lay the ball off. And so then he passes it back. So I want to see the tempo upped. I do give Scotty credit. Uh, I think it was in the first half. He swapped. Uh, Ivan and he's with um, Knockhart. I don't know if you guys noticed that he, they swapped sides and that actually did uh, up the tempo a little bit and created more chances. So I liked when he did, when that happened, I liked the subs. I think the subs were fine and perfect. So 7.5 for me. Lovely stuff. Okay. Good stuff. Let's move on to Tuesday night's game with Reading then. Fulham. Right, so straight back into it then. We've got a tough match away at the Medeski Stadium on Tuesday evening. Uh, we we travel to Reading, who are in 20th place at the moment, and we're in 10th. Over the years, though, we've had some great games with Reading. Um, Matt, I'll come to you first. Any games with Reading that really stand out for you? Well, yeah, quite a few, but um, sort of mainly because it's fairly recent, I think. Um, the one. The one where we drew one all um, season, we went up uh, where Callis was sent off pretty early, well, very early in the first half, like 39 seconds or something, uh, which in my mind was quite harsh. I don't think it was a red card. Um, and then, you know, we, we we played pretty well. They were obviously on top, but I don't think we, we were being dominated too much. And then they score something like 60 odd minutes into the game you think oh well fair enough um we've held on pretty well uh done all right just don't don't lose it too heavily from here and then uh, Piazon's brought on as a sub against his old club and uh latches onto a defensive mistake sticks it in the net and it's 
uh, it's one all and it's a fantastic point and Piazon uh, celebrating in front of the home fans against a club he used to play for because they booed him when he came on uh, was was just brilliant and that kind of was was the highlight of the game really um, just just rubbing it in you'd love to see uh, ex ex players celebrating against teams they've they've played against um, you know I think they're they're not celebrating is 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 nonsense so um, yeah that that one's the one that kind of stands out for me. I never really understood why they hated him so much because he was only on loan at Reading from Chelsea, as he was with us. Um, but I always he thought he played quite in. well for them. Yeah, he scored against us, um, you know, at, at the Cottage once. Yeah, he um, did, yeah. But for some reason, they, they hated him as soon as he went back and, and he just, he lapped it up. That was brilliant, though. I remember that game being in the away end and he was straight over to them with his hands cupped to his ear. He, <laughs> he went over to them first. Him. And then yeah. went over to the... Uh, <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. What about you, Don? Any memories that stand out with uh, with Reading? Mine is uh, the 2015-2016 season where we were just not doing very well. Uh, Kit was our manager. And it's in the first half, we went down 2-0. But in the second half, we came back and we beat them 4-2. And this goes to what really stands out about that game is what I wish we would be doing right now in the style of play. Back then, you had Musa Dembele II and you had Ross McCormick as a partner strike partnership, and they really fed off each other. And you just had these other midfielders that were like Tom who were feeding and playing off the two of them. So you'd have a lot of times, not just 2v3 type playing, which you'd have 3v1, like 3v2 attacking. And I wish we could see more of that kind of style. So for me, that is a perfect game of how I'd like to see us playing again and how I'd like to see us beat Reading again. I think that's the game that I'm talk- I was talking about, actually. Pearson scored for, for Reading in that game. And also Orlando, so- Orlando Saar scored for them as well, once at Fulham as well. Yeah, that's good. Did, yeah. Good old game, that one. I'm um, I'm going to go back to the the playoff defeat, and the only reason I'm going to bring it up is because um, my my whole family are, are Fulham supporters. My mum's a Fulham fan, but she's married to a Reading fan, um, and I don't know how it happened, but um, the local uh, local media got hold of the fact that there was this married couple living in the area, uh, one Fulham fan, one one Reading fan, and they had um, they had the local news down there, sat in their conservatory. My mum had a, a Fulham mug. And Roger had his um, had his red in mark, and they clinked them together right in front of the camera. Then they did this interview about this this whole rivalry that they've got, which doesn't really exist. But um, <laughs> and of course, Red, red ended up beating us one um, 0 on the night through that bloody penalty again. Thomas Callas, who had an absolute shocker every time he went to the Madeski Stadium with us. Um, although I, I think that was a very very harsh penalty because yeah, he got his arm pushed in. Yeah, into he got his it, arm kind yeah. of pulled into the ball, didn't he? It was a weird one, but. Um, bloody annoying. We were so close to Wembley that season, but of course we made it in the end anyway. But all right. Um, so we've we've had some really good meetings with Reading over the years. Um, what about the match that was infamously called off at half time due to fog, even though the fog had significantly cleared at half time? Do you remember that, Matt? I think it was nil nil at the time, wasn't it? I, I, it was nil nil. Yeah. I, from my recollection, it was an absolutely awful game of football. Um, and I, th- I think we'd have gone on to lose it because we were getting outplayed. Yeah, and I think we'd have uh, probably ended up losing it because I think uh, they were they were pretty much in control of the game. Um, that's that's sort of my recollection of it. So I, I think 
the Fulham fans were were happier that it was called off than the Reading fans. But it definitely, <laughs> from about 35, 40 minutes, it, it was looking like it was okay to play. And they, they'd gone through the, the path match where no one could see a thing. Um, and then decided to call it off anyway. So a bizarre one. And, um, and the, 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 officials I, didn't, the officials didn't even come out at half-time to check. Just Did they not? All of a sudden, all of a sudden, there was an announcement over the tunnel saying the game's been called off. Like, have a safe journey. Have a look. I've got, yeah, exactly. I've got pictures on my phone of what it was like when they were still playing and what it was like when they called it off, and it was it's yeah. just ridiculous. It, you it couldn't see the fine. couldn't see the other stands, and then then you could. So absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And in true Fulham style, in the replay, we lost one nil, and big fat yeah. Chris Martin missed a penalty in the last minute. That was a season oh, when we yeah, didn't score a penalty for love nor money. Mental, oh boy! Mental. Yeah, I, I might have it wrong that we were being outplayed, but uh, that that was my recollection of it anyway. Um, we we probably were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's, let's, we let's always get outplayed. Yeah, yeah, they are a bit of a bogey side. Let's let's hope that changes. All right, let's get down to this game then. Um, Don, did Steph Joe do enough against Wigan to keep his place, or does Harry Arthur return for this one? Seeing as we're away from home. Uh, no, I, I I or yes, Steph Joe retains his place no uh harry doesn't come back in for me so okay i I plain and simple i like steph joe i I think he's still got a lot in his uh uh, arsenal as far as uh uh, ability and tactics and and style and he gives 100 percent. so for me retain him good stuff all right do you see any other changes to the lineup you know it's like we said earlier I don't think so right now. Uh, I think consistency is important. And you don't really want to go changing things up if, if we're going to keep improving. Like I said, I don't want to see substitute changes or, or starting 11 changes. I just want to see more pace on the attack. And I want to see more pressure on the defense, instant pressure when we lose the ball. That's the only thing I really want to change right now. Fair enough. What about you, Matt? Do you see any any changes to personnel? Uh, no, I don't think so. And you know, I think um, I think Scott should get a lot of credit for the fact that he's kept things consistent. Um, part of our struggle last season, and um, the reason the season before we took so long to get going was Slav can't couldn't seem to decide on what was his best team. Um, and I, I don't think you you find that out by trying all different combinations. I think you try it. You find that out by trying one or two combinations and, and seeing how it works over a number of games. So um, even though we're not playing at our best, I think the reason we're still just four points behind has a lot down to, to do with the fact that we haven't chopped and changed the lineup a lot. So I saw nothing to change against Wigan. So um, stick with it. Absolutely. Fair enough. OK, well, we're, we're nine games in and the league is starting to shape up, I would say. Uh, Reading are in 20th, but notoriously, as we said, this this match away at the Medeski. Is a tough game for us. We haven't won there since 2008. Reading have played 3-5-2 in five out of their, their games so far. Um, it sounds like quite an open and attacking lineup, which I think plays into our hands. How do you think we beat them, Dom? For me, it's, again, and I, I hate to be a broken record, but it's change things up. Don't just be consistently going out wide, okay? If they're going to be with the 352, then basically, you know, while they're open up for yes for the attack, they can also come back and be very compressed uh, sitting back before we've got all the possession. Now with that said, 
I think they're ready for the taking. I think we we could easily win this game, but we've got to take it to them. We can't just sit back and just keep passing and passing and passing it around. Every now and then, take it at them. Go 1v1. Put a ball in the box and let Metro do what he does. Hold it up for play and bring more people in. Uh, you know, I see no reason why we can't beat this team. Good stuff. All right, well, let's have a little look at Stato's stats then. So we've played Reading 55 times. Fulham have won 21 of those games. Reading have won 18, so we're slightly ahead. Uh, We've also won three out of our last eight meetings. The last time we played them was in the 2017-18 promotion run-in at the Cottage when Stefan Johansson scored the only goal of the game, which was the 20th match of our 23-game unbeaten run. Remember that being quite a tense finish for that because it was right at the end of the season and we were just trying to keep in touch with Cardiff at the time as we still harboured ambitions of of automatic promotion. Um, The last time Reading beat us was in that playoff semi-final that we we spoke about earlier on, the the 1-0 game when Callas handballed it and gave the penalty away and Jan Klemigan scoring the penalty. The last time we won away at the Madejski was in the Great Escape, April 2008. Brian McBride scored in the first half and Eric Neverland scored that goal towards the end. I actually gave up my ticket to that game. I, I thought to myself, we're never staying up here. Um, I can't, I know it's only out the road for me. I can't be bothered to oh. go to this. So I ended up going with my girlfriend at the time. We just went to Brighton for the weekend and we were sat in a car park um, as the scores were coming in and they, they said, and there's been a second goal at the Dayski Stadium and I just sank into my seat and then they said, and it's full of, and I was like, yeah, get in. Fantastic. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that was insane. That game. That game. Yeah, we hit the bar about four times as well. That's right. That fucking crossbar. We hit it however many times it was. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Um. This season, though, um, Reading Reading made a really good start to the season. Well, actually, they lost their first two games, but then they beat Cardiff three 0 and they looked excellent in that game. But that's their only clean sheet at home so far. Um, they've also got George Puskas who is a Romanian international who's on loan from uh, Inter Milan, I think, um, who scored a couple of goals in that game. And he looked really, really good in that game. And speaking to people that I know who are Reading fans, um, they were really excited about him. But um, he hasn't done much since that Cardiff game. They've also got John Swift, um, who's got four assists and two goals so far this season. Interestingly, last season, well, interestingly, depending on your view, but last season... Um, he only got three assists and three goals all season. So he's um, he's knocking on the door of those um, those statistics already. Um, before Saturday's game, which was an excellent point at Swansea, who, uh, who were either, uh, I think they were top of the league throughout the week, but then Forrest overtook them with their win at Stoke on Friday night. Um, but they got an excellent point at Swansea. Before that, they'd lost three in a row. So perhaps they're starting to turn things around. Um, Let's come over to you first, Dom. What do you think? What's what's the score going to be? Uh, we're going to be very predictable. Two one is my my. We're going to give up a goal, but it'll be two one. Okay. And what about you, Matt? I think we're going to find quite a lot of space um, with their their three at the back. Um, we all know it takes two centre backs to really keep a handle on Mitro, so. If they leave just their one in the middle to to deal with him, then I can see Knockout and Cavalera getting a lot of space in behind. Um, I reckon I'm going with three 0 I think we're gonna we're gonna have a big win. 
I like your style. I, I can't help but feel this is going to be a draw. Um, I bloody hate Reading, and they always seem to get one over on us somehow. Like, like I said, it's been 11 years since we won at the Medeski. There was that, that three-all draw at the Medeski a few years ago when when we got two late goals, and it just felt like it had to be our day that day, and they really just kept pegging us back. And even after we got the, the third goal to go 3-2 up in about the 90th minute, they equalised, and then they almost bloody beat us. Do you think they're our day. boogie team? They are. They, they do. It does feel like that a little bit, but only at the Medeski, at the Cottage. We're, we're quite comfortable against them, but away from home, it's, it's a tough place for us to go to. So um, hopefully we'll turn that around this weekend. All right. Uh, any other business from you, Matt, before we uh, before we go? No, that's it, mate. All good. Wonderful. Okay, Don, anything from you? Uh, I would like to say, you know, on a positive, to end on a positive, I really do think uh, Tim Ream and Mawson are starting to develop a really nice partnership. And I really can see them, if they keep up the way they're going, being incredibly strong for us for the rest of the season so i i kudos to them I, I like the way they're playing together good stuff mate okay thanks for that thanks to both of you for joining me and as always to you folks at home for listening we'll be back on wednesday morning this week to look back at tuesday night's match with reading as well as looking ahead to saturday lunchtime's match at home to charleston all the best to mother frenchie with her hip-hop on tuesday she's hoping to be back up on the ward to listen to gentleman jim so hopefully they'll be delivering news of a big win for her in the meantime keep an eye on our social media accounts which will direct you to everything that's going on at fullandfocus.com this week and if you feel like it give us a little five-star rating on itunes too until wednesday morning take care and see you then cheers